Need it. Need it. Got it. Need it. Got it. Got it. Need it. Oh, need it. Well, Calrissian, do you have it? Yes, I have it. Echo Bay's Han Solo, and in perfect condition. All right. Time to go to ToyHut.com. Reset the search window for Skywalker. Skywalker... Right there, my lord. Good. See to it that he finds his way here. Custom hand-packed boxes with a zero-movement policy. Jets Toy Hut are collectors, so they know how I want my collectibles shipped. Galrissian, take the Boosh disguise, princess, and the vintage 12-inch Wookiee to my ship. You said they'd be left in the city in my collection. I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. ToyHut.com All too easy. Z-World, you must be this dead to enter. I'm Torin Atkinson. Take my zombie wife, please! I'm Joe Fulgham. <laughs> I'm Robin Thompson. Zombie condos? Ugh, I wouldn't want to be at that strata meeting. I'm Kevin Leeson, and this is Caustic Soda. Zombies. Mm-hmm. Kind of had a, like a little zombie renaissance mm, the last yes. decade or so. Zombie yes. sauce. <laughs> zombie sauce. Mm. That's the tears of the people they're chasing. <laughs> mm, zombie sauce. <laughs> Who, who's that disembodied voice? Very creepy. Mm. <laughs> I believe that's our guest, Robin Thompson. Hello, Robin. Hello. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Hi. What's your bona fides? Are you a zombie? I like to watch them on film, mm-hmm. and uh, I like to see brains explode. Don't you have some kind of zombie-related comic that you make? A uh, little-known comic. Until Z- now. Until now, called Zombie Jesus, believe it. It's for the fans of uh, zombies and the fans of Jesus combined. Nice. Uh, One perfect. fantastic full-color book. best of both worlds. Now that you're on the show, you're going to get twos of extra readers. It's going to explode. Twos and twos and twos. Yeah. And I'm wearing, in honor of your being here, my Champions of Hell t-shirt. My other comic, Champions of Hell, that is correct. Nice. Yes. Nice. I see a trend. If uh, by chance you're going to be in San Diego for Comic-Con, look for the Champions of Hell slash Zombie Jesus booth, 13 Flames. Zombie. There's some dispute as to where the word origin is from. Right. Some claim it's from around 1871 in West Africa. Mm -hmm. I dispute that. That From the Kimbundu Nzambi, which means God or the name of a snake god in particular. Mm-hmm. I've, heard it, it. I've heard it uh, translated as Great Spirit. Mm-hmm. Oh. Perhaps also from Louisiana Creole, Spanish Sombra, which means shade or ghost. So those are sort of the two predominant theories. Both very supernatural, spirity type stuff. Very scary. Yeah. So what's the scientific explanation for the zombie word? I think they just adopted uh, the regular usage from other colloquial... Well, we're going to have to stick with the magic-y spiritual ones then. Right. I guess the scientific one would be reanimated corpse, mm-hmm. something along those lines. Frankenstein yeah. monster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Or in the Roadrunner sense, corpus reanimatus. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Right? <laughs> Good. So uh, a zombie is basically a, an animated corpse brought back to life by mystical means... 
The term is often applied to describe a hypnotized person bereft of consciousness or self-awareness. Right. Yet ambulant and able to respond to surrounding stimuli. Right. See, like you said, that mystical. And I think that's something that uh, in modern day perception of zombie people forget about. Because now it's all about uh, disease and, mm-hmm. and infections, right? Right. Ever since 28 Days Later. And so many films uh, follow suit. And, you know, I don't like to classify those stories as zombie stories because they're not undead. Oh. Right. And, and you know, in the original stories, let's say, harken back to, uh, in, at least in comic book form, you know, with you have uh, uh, the old uh, EC comics and they had so many zombies in their stories that came back by supernatural means for the sake of revenge right. or they, you know, had to get something or there's something they hadn't finished in their life. They haven't really gone back to that in a long time. Now it's just all... But would you also argue then that if the only qualification for being a zombie is being undead is a person who comes back to life but has total awareness and still has, you know, their cognitive abilities are they a zombie or are they just a ghoul or <laughs> vampire or vampire yeah, right. or uh-huh. well it's interesting questions i think it's important to note here that we're not going to be spending a lot of time talking about the sort of like haitian serpent in the rainbow kind of zombification procedure because we're saving that for our voodoo episode right yeah oh, so we we're going to have a touch on the zombification aspect of voodoo because voodoo is so much more than yeah. just zombies yeah as you well know yeah we're, so we're going to kind of gloss over that stuff a little bit but i have the, i have the recipe if people want to make their own zombie serum oh and, so, and slip it in someone's drink oh. i have the recipe is, does this, it glow green like in reanimator i would hope so <laughs> <laughs> is this the recipe that wade davis wrote about in his books from the early 80s serpent in the rainbow the one in the same do you have it there no i, I don't have the recipe oh. i just uh, have a reference to him and i kind of glossed oh, over okay. it. let so me get public, my recipe book and public write this service and sure yeah so just <laughs> open up your zombie recipe book and uh, look up zombie form or reagent mm-hmm. and uh here we go we need a little bit of puffer fish mm-hmm. corpse matter With pufferfish toxin right or yeah. you're just saying get a puffer fish and squeeze we squeeze the, the life out of it yeah, yeah. Um, all the mercury will fall out i think that's the key ingredient <laughs> corpse matter uh, apparently it's better if it's a skull okay, okay. it just seems su- suiting mm-hmm. uh blue lizards which is a weird one because I've never seen a blue lizard. So that one is I have seen a blue have lizard. Yeah. Any lizard that is colored blue or is there a specific lizard that's referred to as the blue I've lizard? I've never heard of blue lizard. That's because we don't the live name in of Haiti. The species. Dried toad with a dried sea worm wrapped around it. Oh. oh that is key. It's like that's that how you make fun. a battery out here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the voodoo like you know the snake wrapped around the uh, the staffs for our medical oh, yes. yeah. the, the American Medical Association. What is, what is this that is like the again, voodoo. The, the caduceus? The, the caduceus. Uh, yeah, the, right, this is right. the voodoo version of the caduceus right here. Uh you need a little bit of cha cha. What? Hey, you guys at a, home know what that is. You all know. <laughs> and uh an itching pee. An oh, a an what? itching pee. Itching P. It's an itching P. What, what does How that is mean? P spelled? P E A. Oh, okay. <laughs> not the other. Although you could try the other one and see what well, happens. It itches when I pee. Is, uh, does that mean I'm a zombie? How do peas itch? They don't have hands. <laughs> like they must be sitting there just somebody scratch me. <laughs> oh, yeah. actually, they don't even have mouths. They can't even say that. That's they just suffer in silence. <laughs> these poor vegetables. That's why they crave to be eaten. I've heard of a jumping. I've heard of a jumping bean. Is this somehow related? 
The itching pea. It's his <laughs> yeah. cousin. Yes. And the jumping bean go mm-hmm. hand in hand or pod in pod. In this formula, he doesn't necessarily give you a ratio or anything like that. So you sort of have to test drive it a bunch of times, I would imagine. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Find a uh, coworker, perhaps. Right. Um, uh-huh. A community. You, know. you might need more than one subject. Well, this one just made him throw up. Let's try again. <laughs> Yeah. Sad more oh. blue lizard this time. Oh, this one he died, but he didn't come back to life. Mm. All right, let's keep that. That's we, too we'll, much buffer fish. We'll call that a step forward, but yeah. maybe we should come back a bit. <laughs> yeah. Now, this recipe, this whole method of zombification doesn't involve the supernatural or the undeath. It doesn't. It no. actually is just you give it to someone and they fall into this kind of coma. And if I recall correctly... Presumably, you bury them in a in a uh, crypt. Yes, not underground. Mm-hmm. Days later, they will the Emerge. toxin will wear off somewhat because yeah. they're still in a kind of zombied state. Yeah, well, they, but they're not dead. Dead makes them brain dead. Yeah, yeah. they're kind and of susceptible to suggestions, yeah. as as seen in uh, White Zombie from 1932. I think it yes. was. Okay, yeah, right. Which we'll just, talk about in pop culture. This is the kind of zombie that the only thing that makes them a zombie is they're completely susceptible to the commands of the Hoongun priest or whoever is in charge of uh, the zombification. I believe. in this case, Bella Lugosi. There have been sort of a bunch of sort of scientific, pseudoscientific studies to debunk this. And I think a lot of people sort of claim that this formula is uh, bogus. No. Well, I think right with the blue lizards right there, there might be some <laughs> questionable aspects. That, those are all for ingredients. flavor, really. It's just the puff, the puffer fish toxin. That's all you really actually need. <laughs> yeah. I did a search. There are quite a few blue lizards. Just the, the, the blue anole, the, the cyanide, cyanide blue lizard. lizard. Yeah, there's quite a Beautiful. few. Beautiful. Well, I mean, this just means that it just widens the spectrum of blue lizards that you can try in your tester formulas. Exactly. Which which do you use? Yeah. (laughs) It's like the Pepsi taste test. (laughs) What if you give them a blue anole and they just turn into a dick? It's the Pepsi taste test plus, you know, Young Poisoner's Handbook in a perfect melange of deadly effect. So do we want to talk about the three Haitian cases of zombification now, or do you want to save that? Sure, let's do it. Okay. In Haiti, there have been, for hundreds of years, Mm -hmm. there have been rumors of zombifications and people being turned into slaves. And that's how you get your some plantation owners. That's how they get their slave labor is these people don't remember who they are, where their families are, and they just disappear. And, you know, that, that sort of cultural mythology has been going on in Haiti for generations, right? Constantly, year in and year out, there are cases being reported of family members going missing and then, oh, they've been turned into a zombie. Mm -hmm. In 1997, The Lancet, which is uh, an English medical journal, published uh, a set of case studies detailing three reports of zombification. So they had these three cases where people said, this was a family member of ours who died and came... Documented zombie. This is a documented it's zombie. Real, they had folks. three documented zombies all in 1997. Right. And so they, they went to Haiti and said, let's look into this. They filled out the zombie census form. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They found out that there are lefties and righties. Okay. Are you in now, the zombie? or have you ever been a member of the living undead? <laughs> and the answer to every question was... <laughs> Except, except for uh, what do you eat mostly, and that would be brain. <laughs> so they, they refer to all of them by initials, so as to retain their anonymity. Mm-hmm. F.I. was 30 years old when she died after a short febrile illness, which means feverish. Febrile. She was buried by her family the same day in the tomb next to the house. Three years later, she was recognized by a friend wandering near the local village. Her mother confirmed her identity by a facial mark, as did her now seven-year-old daughter, Although her daughter was four when she quote-unquote died, so eh, I'm skeptical Mm. about that one. 
her siblings, the other villagers, her husband, and the local priest. She appeared mute and unable to feed herself. Her parents accused her hun- husband of zombifying her. Evidently, he was jealous of her after she'd had an extramarital affair. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> the plot thickens. Uh, after a local court authorized the opening of the tomb, her tomb was full of stones. Her parents were undecided whether to take her home, uh, but she was eventually admitted to a psychiatric hospital in Port-au-Prince. You know, the trouble starts when you have a tomb right next to your house. I think there are some problems there. (laughs) You know, this sort of thing I imagine would be happening like on a regular basis every weekend, that sort of thing. Yeah, the the, the zombies are just like knocking on the way. You you put it on a hinge so the zombies could just (laughs) come and go. You have a zombie door. A little little zombie door instead of a doggy door. The the thing is, you know, you can call anything a tomb. It's probably just a garden shed where they decided to stick her body. Yeah, the tomb. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's the family tomb. Uh, it's mm-hmm. made out of sheet metal. Corrugated tin? Yeah. So what really happened, Kevin? Uh, Come on. The researchers diagnosed this patient with catatonic schizophrenia. Oh, all right. So basically she had a schizophrenic attack, went into a trance-like, death-like state. Mm-hmm. I guess they didn't. Con- they mustn't have consulted a doctor or put a mirror near her nose or whatever. Right. And they buried her, and she came out of her state, but was in such a confused state that she just began to wander aimlessly. Right. I, I think it was vague. that uh, blue lizard soup she was drinking. That's uh-huh. what I think it was. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> she was sucking on a pufferfish. <laughs> <laughs> like the, sec- a the second case, W. D. was twenty six years old. Yeah. <laughs> What? Willem Dafoe is a zombie? We're trying to keep these zombies private. Anonymity, for God's sakes, man. Uh, He was the eldest son of alleged uh, former Tauntaun Makut, which is a uh, secret policeman under the Duvalier regime. Tauntaun? They smelled bad on the outside. (laughs) The father, the former secret policeman, was the principal informant, along with WD's mother and other villagers. When WD was 18, he became ill with a fever. His eyes turned yellow. He smelled bad like death, and his body swelled up. Eyes turned yellow. Yes. Suspecting sorcery, his father asked his older brother to obtain advice from a bokor, which is a voodoo sorcerer. Right. But WD died after three days and was buried in the tomb on the family plot uh-huh, next to the house, with along with a female cousin. Okay. The tomb was not, as was customary, watched that night. And 19 months later, WD reappeared at a nearby cockfight, recognized his father, and accused his uncle of zombifying him. I did that once, actually. That's not so rare as you think. (laughs) Yeah. The the, the (laughs) Jacuz uncle. You zombified me, you bastard. So what really happened, Uh he was diagnosed with epilepsy and brain damage, presumably from oxygen deprivation. And DNA testing revealed... That this patient was not, in fact, the person they all thought he was. It was a case oh. of mistaken identity. Oh. It was a mentally deranged person wow. claiming to be this man's son. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the yellow eyes, what turns your eyes yellow? Uh, I can, I can, you know. Yeah, I yeah. can imagine some kind of diseases that might... Not the, the center of the eye, right? of course. Yeah, no. Oh, it could have been. <laughs> and those zombie movies have lied to me. They have <laughs> yellow in the center of their eye. Or he, he really liked those cool... Contact lenses. He's like a gone. Maybe yeah. he's yeah. just uh, squeezing lemons into his eyes. <laughs> That's also well. That person was the yellow-eyed one. Was the one who actually died. The oh. person that they recognized at a cockfight oh, yeah. nineteen right. months later is a different person, right? Who claimed to be his son. That is a weird case of mistaken identity. It is very much so, especially because it's only nineteen months later. This next one will bring something else sharply into focus. M M. Uh, Michael Moore. 
You are Boy, really good at this game, Torn. He's not dead That yet, guy has he? been eating a lot of brains. <laughs> M.M. was also female. Uh, was the younger sister of the principal informant who described her as formerly a friendly but quiet and shy girl and not very bright. At the age of 18, M.M. joined friends in prayer for a neighbor who had been zombified. She herself then, after the procedure, became ill with diarrhea and fever. Her body swelled up and she died a few days later. The family suspected revenge sorcery. After 13 years, M.M. reappeared in the town market with an account of having been kept as a zombie in a village 100 miles to the north and having borne a child by another zombie. Oh, my God. On the death of the the Bokor, the voodoo sorcerer that had kept them enslaved. Can you imagine zombie sex? (laughs) Actually, there's a surprisingly large number of zombie porn, actually. If you care. You know this personally. Oh, well, researching it just kind of. I heard from Robin Bougie. Yeah, it's Bushy's fault. I didn't watch any myself. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I have no knowledge of it whatsoever. Uh, once the uh, the voodoo priest died, the son released all the zombies, and they traveled home on foot, hundred miles walking as a yeah, former zombie. zombie. Uh, what really happened? This one was diagnosed with uh, severe fetal alcohol syndrome, mm. and DNA testing also revealed that this was not the person who had supposedly died thirteen years earlier. Oh. So they take a little, uh, take some hair from the corpse, and they take hair from the person who claims that they're the corpse. No, or no, you, no you can take DNA from relatives, right? And, and then create just a see match. If they're related. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And they're not related. Now, this one I can understand because the person died 13 years earlier, and you just have to imagine how they would have aged over the last 13 right. years, yeah. And say, okay, they, they look a lot like our loved one would have looked mm-hmm. if they had aged 13 years. The one about like identifying your son at a cockfight 19 months after he died, uh-huh. that one I find a lot more curious. Well, the, that one I don't really understand. That's just wishful thinking. You know? yeah. The it's big not... question here is, the big mystery is, where are the supposed bodies that were buried in these tombs? And like, where are they now? What happened to them? I'm, well, there's no account of them actually exhuming the former crypts, oh. only in the first one. I think step number one, exhuming <laughs> yeah. right away. It's like it's well, in the, a lot of. Here's the thing, though. I bet you the court is probably not all that eager to order exhumations because mm-hmm. with how prevalent this is, zombification charges are in Haiti, you, they'd be digging bodies up every eight minutes, right? Yeah. So they probably are really resistant to to oh. order an exhumation right away. Also, the way that people's minds work when they're convinced of something, they would just make up an excuse. Like, it's yeah. a zombie clone. Like, or, they, so they somebody made else, a zombie doppelganger of my dead son. Yes, somebody that, else put this body in here. Yeah. Oh, this this is just a skeleton. Uh, yeah. My uh, my son was a person, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, when I put him in here, he had skin and looked yeah. normal. Yeah. So this and is now, this, somebody swapped this what happened skeleton was, in here. This yeah. must be his first victim. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Somebody opened the thing to let him out. He killed him and ate his flesh. Yeah. And sucked that his brains out. Made it all dissolve. How many sorcerers do people know and hang out with here? It seems like very common. You know, your neighbor's a sorcerer. Well, I think there's, the a, there's probably a lot of people being accused of being sorcerers, it's and then them going, like, "I'm not a sorcerer." That's exactly what a sorcerer would are say. Are they just like sleight of hand magicians? <laughs> yeah. Is that all they are? I think it's the same. Like comparable to our culture would be psychic hotlines. That's a, that's a good analogy. Actually, <laughs> they're everywhere. A group of Canadian scientists have done a research study on if a zombie apocalypse happened would humanity survive but don't these scientists realize that zombies aren't real lots of scientists are i think they're using zombies to get press 
Ooh, sure. Oh, these absolutely. Canadian scientists need it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, how do we get a grant? Well, we should be carried. Uh, we should have a study that gets printed in all the papers. Mm-hmm. How are we going to make that happen? Right. Sex or zombies, one or the other, or both, I if know, we can manage Because I've it. seen the scientist walk, and only a few people showed up, really. It was very unsuccessful. You know, people didn't go. Well, unless the movie Land of the Dead has lied to me, uh-huh. uh, people are going to go to Canada if there is a zombie outbreak, oh. it's the safe haven. Oh, really? Because well, it's just all land. It's not so much condensed people as there and is we've got nationalized health care. Yeah, that, that has would help to too. It. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the cold slows down the zombies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cold trudge through the snow. Yeah. They, they slip in all on the yeah. ice all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all those wacky zombies. Yeah, they just... don't know what sh- snowshoes are or skis. Uh, Everybody else is going to set up a moat around their anti-zombie fortress, but in Canada we freeze it, and that's yeah. way better than the, the zombies will just walk into the water and come up on the other side because right. they need to breathe. But they'll just slip and slide. Yeah, like gears. it'll be like it'll be like those really adorable videos of newborn deer who can't stand <laughs> on icy surfaces, right? And you'll you'll just have people guarding the other side of the moat with push brooms and pushing them back once in a while. And Get back. We'll make them play hockey for us. <laughs> the perfect zombie trap. The zombie sports league. That would be something amazing. I agree with this idea of zombies just being popped in the press because while I was doing my research, I found uh, two academic um, kind of takes on zombies. One was at the Michigan State University mm-hmm. where they're offering course SW290, Surviving the Coming Zombie Apocalypse, Catastrophes in Human Behavior. Okay. Wow. Nice. The course description being, zombies are a popular metaphor for apocalypse both in popular culture and mainstream academic pursuits. Even being used by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC. Yeah, we'll we'll post links to these websites on the uh, on our website, obviously. In case you're worried, yeah, yeah causticsodapodcast.com. Because <laughs> both both the CDC in the states and the BC government on their uh, disaster preparedness website right. have posted articles on how to survive the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> and then they have this little kind of like star at the end of it saying, yeah. this kind, all these sort of rules apply for any sort of emergency. Know, right. Just, you know... Uh, it's brilliant. I'll bet you their web hits w- went up a hundredfold. Oh, like uh, they, undoubtedly. And people got it in their heads. Oh, yeah, it's a good idea to have some medication and first aid supplies in the house. Yeah. Hmm. This course uses current research and science on catastrophes and human behavior together with the idea of a zombie apocalypse to learn about the nature, scope, and impact of catastrophic events on individuals, families, societies, civilizations, and the Earth itself. Mm -hmm. The course begins and ends with a catastrophic event simulation. Uh, In this case, a coronal mass ejection incident has caused a zombie pandemic. Hmm. Okay, that, that's I questionable. Mean, well, that's from Night of the Living Dead, though, right? Like, there's a, a kind of because okay. this meteor goes by the Earth, and then the the dead started rising from the ground. A coronal mass ejection is from the sun, though. Yeah, it's but a, I mean a space event, right? Yeah, I mean a space event causing the dead to rise. Yeah, it, that kind of bugs me. The sun is supposed to be the, the kind of not that zombies wither in the sun, but still they're kind of a nighttime thing. Mostly, yeah. you know, you don't see them out in the sunshine. And the University of Alabama, Tuscaloosa resident and author Sean Hode is an internationally renowned zombie expert. In summer 2007. Uh, internationally renowned zombie mm-hmm. expert? How do you, How become, you become one of those? Yeah. <laughs> I thought we had one of those here. I thought George Romero was the internationally renowned zombie expert. How did this guy get I the mantle? Have, I guess we can have more than one. In summer 2007, Hode began teaching his class, Zombies! The Living Dead in Literature, Film, and Culture at the University of Alabama, in which, as part of the final exam, Students dress themselves as zombies and stalk an unsuspecting campus. Oh, God. <laughs> Wait, it's a zombie walk? Is your final exam? Yeah. 
I want to take this course. Has anybody and, seen that video uh, that, that kind of went viral a little while ago about uh, right after the report of that Florida man who ate the homeless man's face? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was a guy who dressed up like a zombie and started running around neighborhoods in the city in which that happened. Uh-huh. And he had a friend who was like kind of had a long lens on a camera and was videotaping people like running away from him, like horrified. <laughs> then he stopped doing it when he was chasing these young urban African-American males. <laughs> and one of them pulled a gun out of his mm-hmm. belt. <laughs> And uh, seriously considered taking a couple pot shots at him, and then they thought that that was maybe no you, you longer. You can't use small idea. arms fire to stop a zombie. <laughs> Don't say no <laughs> anything. Know that. If that's not a shotgun, buddy, no, the, the fact that he didn't fire at him means that he knew that. Maybe right. He so probably he was uh, just saving it for himself. He probably pulled it out. Oh man, I'll pop a cap, and his buddy's like, "Dude, it's a zombie." You're, yeah, don't bother. That's, that's not a shotgun. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. And the zombie guy's like, "Oh, thank you." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, let me catch my guys. Whew. That would have been hoax gone wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that incident is kind of very similar to uh, you know freaks thinking they're uh, vampires out there and yes, you know sharpening sharpening their teeth, their teeth or drinking blood, drinking blood and going to these weird parties and and stalking people. Did that get old? And so now people are doing the zombie thing <laughs> because the the vampires are out. I think it's just cyclical. I think it comes and goes. My theory is that people did that hoping they would get laid, and then they didn't. (laughs) They didn't. So they stopped. (laughs) And that was the end of that. You know, I I can't help but wonder how one would fail one of these university courses. (laughs) How would you have – what would you have to do to blunder that course in order to fail? Run through the zombie walk. (laughs) Run through (laughs) – I'm sorry. You get an F. What? I beat everybody. Or you show up with the makeup, but you're, like, smoking a cigarette, and you're like, hey, how's it going? Trying to, like, chat the girls up as they go by. Like, no, you have to try and maul them. I I think you just show up and start – Talking about Twilight incessantly. <laughs> There's the door. You get an F. Has anyone here not been to a zombie walk? I actually haven't. Uh, good thing you asked because there is a new zombie walk coming up in August, Saturday the 18th. You uh, put in Vancouver. Your, in Vancouver, you meet in front of the library at uh, I'm sorry, the main uh, art gallery uh, downtown at uh, three o'clock. The zombie hour. Personally, I, I always felt the zombie walk should take place at night. It just seems yeah, right. more. Realistic that way, but, but also having been in a zombie walk and with their growing popularity, I would I would assume it's not even very safe. No. in the daytime. <laughs> no, do not drive downtown during zombie walk. That's a little unless you want blood splattered all over you. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine somebody who is totally not into zombie walk coming across a zombie walk, and maybe like people might get hit by cars or assaulted. Yes, I've yeah. I've never partaken I, in a zombie walk, but I've witnessed a couple. The first time I saw it, I was expecting white face paint and some shredded clothes. Right. But the extent to which some people go. Oh, yeah. Some people go all out. Absolutely. Sometimes the Ghostbusters yeah. will show up. They yeah. do. <laughs> Oddly <laughs> enough, I think I saw a, a guy in his cardboard dinosaur outfit. I, he didn't get the memo that it was zombie walk. But the, the, the level of prosthetics makeup is yeah. better than you see in some zombie movies. Well, what's really good because of the popularity now, if, if you go to the art gallery for, you know, earlier than 3 o'clock, they have uh, makeup stations. So right. let's just say you don't know how to do it. You can go there and, and they'll do it for you. Yeah. I want to talk about Cotard syndrome. Is what did the... you call me? <laughs> I don't appreciate that. Is that where two people get mentally challenged together? <laughs> Cotards? No, it's actually in reference to Jules Cotard, a, a French neurologist who described this condition in 1880. 
So okay. it's been around quite some time. Although I think it's very rare. Well, I haven't heard of it. It's also known as walking corpse syndrome. Uh-oh. These people are not zombies. They just think they are. Oh. Interesting. Hmm. It's a rare neuropsychiatric disorder, which is thought to result from a disconnect between the areas of the brain that recognize faces and the areas that associate emotions with that recognition. The sufferer may not recognize their own face in the mirror, even though they still know who they are. Hmm. Really? Right. This is just the tip of the sure, sure. creepy iceberg keep go- as keep well. Keep going. Keep going. Don't stop now. These people may believe that they do not exist, that their brains are still alive while their bodies are continuing to decay and that they have lost all their blood or internal organs. And in very rare instances, it can include delusions of immortality. So how does this affect their behavior in a social context? Well, they think they're dead. Right. They think they're dead. So do they just go and lie down, or do they well, when, uh, try when to he, eat brains? In, in 1880, Cotard was describing the condition right. at, a, at a lecture where there were a bunch of neurologists and neuropsychiatrists. Right. And then a bunch of people in the audience says, oh, I thought I was the only one. Yeah. Uh, in this lecture, Qatar describes a patient of his with the pseudonym of Mademoiselle X. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Marvel Comics. <laughs> the, the precursor to Malcolm X, perhaps? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was his grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew he had French beginnings? Uh, his patient denied the existence of God and the devil, which was, I guess, quite strange. I'm a zombie too, then? Whoa. <laughs> yeah. This is this is a time and place thing that they right. found it very strange that <laughs> sure. she denied the existence of God and the devil. What with all the evidence and all. Uh, she denied the existence of several parts of her body. Okay. Oh. Uh, and decided so, 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 that kind she... Kind of reverse phantom limb syndrome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have it. You just don't believe it's there. Interesting. You can't even recognize your own limbs. And she decided that she no longer needed to eat. She believed that she was eternally damned. She could not die a natural death, and she eventually died of starvation. Wow. Now, is this not just symptoms of uh, depression or manic depression? Uh, I know they lose feelings in their limbs, and they feel like they're dead and right. often don't want to get up, don't have any energy, and often don't eat. I think this is even more extreme than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, this is – they're convinced, and there's nothing that you can do to unconvince them that they are, in fact, the walking dead. Maybe they are. <laughs> Well, except for the fact that when she stopped eating, she ceased to walk around. Well, she, no she didn't longer have any shambled. fresh brains. Well, this was the 1880s or whatever. So. This, is, the, 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 this is in the 1870s and 80s. Right. Yeah. Get so her the some Night nice, of the Living Dead hadn't come out yet. But, get her some nice ground sirloin. You know, maybe make sure that it's nice and, and, and disease-free and just let her eat it. Well, we do have a modern – I have a modern example okay, bring of Qatar delusion. Two researchers named Young and Leafhead. Uh, they describe a patient who suffered a brain injury after a motorcycle accident. Mm. So I think that Qatar has a much more like physical component to it than, than some depresses, right? Well, like, I mean, well, the symptoms could be the same, but it's just a different source uh, of right. damage. It's, well, right? if somebody with some mental illness thinks that they're dead, they call that Qatar syndrome, right? It doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that there's one cause for it. It's, this is just a, a way to describe... I guess that, so, that's why it's a syndrome. Yeah, it, it says uh, on Wikipedia, it's encountered primarily in psychoses such as schizophrenia, and it can arise in the context of neurological or mental illness, and is particularly associated with depression and derealization. There oh, you I go. See. Perfect. So, yeah, it's, it's associated with all of that. So in this specific case uh, described by Young and Leafhead, in January of 1990, after his discharge from the hospital post-motorcycle accident, in Edinburgh, his mother decided to take him to South Africa. He became convinced that he had been taken to hell which was confirmed by the extreme heat. Was, was he black? Because it might have been hell if no. he was black in South Africa. They, they were Scottish. 
He still might be There's black. There's no black people in Scotland. Oh, I guess I, I don't know the answer to that question. And, uh, and that he had died of septicemia, which he'd been told had been a risk early in his recovery. Or perhaps from AIDS. He had read a story about someone with AIDS who had died from septicemia. Or from an overdose of a yellow fever injection, because, of course, to go to tropical climes, okay. many people demand that you get a shot for yellow fever. Mm-hmm. He thought he had borrowed his mother's spirit to show me around hell, kind of like Dante's Inferno. Okay. And that she was still asleep in Scotland. And that mm. they were, he was wandering through the, the pit of hell. But he was just wandering around and taking in the sights nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, you know, but his mother as his guide. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, Cotard delusion has also been found to be a result of an adverse drug reaction to acyclovir. The symptoms associated with high serum concentrations of of CMMG, which is the principal metabolite of acyclovir, and patients with impaired renal function seem to be at risk even after dose reduction. Renal? What is that, kidney? That's kidneys, yeah. Yeah. In this cited case, hemodialysis cured the delusions in a few hours. Is that kidney dialysis? Yes. So acyclovir is used to treat uh, herpes simplex virus infections. Herpes can make you feel like the undead. Ooh, they got open sores, oh, uh, too. That's true. Yeah. yeah, and they're pussing and they're... That's the modern day zombie. That's what it is. It's just a <laughs> crazy case of herpes. That's all it is. It's an STZ, sexually transmitted zombification. <laughs> oh. One of our all-time favorite websites has become, ever since starting Caustic Soda, I realized how awesome Crack.com is. Oh, yeah. You're a big fan of the Crack, aren't you, Kevin? Crack.com is like the onion, only better, as far as I'm concerned. I totally agree. But they've done two articles on the zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is five scientific reasons a zombie apocalypse could actually happen. Okay. Mm. And the second one is seven scientific reasons a zombie apocalypse would fail. Oh, okay. point and counterpoint. <laughs> point and <laughs> counterpoint. Uh, the five reasons a zombie apocalypse could happen. Number one, nanobots. Mm. Nanobots. They've started True. working with nanobots that they can inject into people that will go into the brain and repair brain damage or attack tumors. Mm-hmm. The first things they found out is these, they call them cyborgs, can still operate for up to a month after the death of the host. 
So it sort of like, you know, keeps the body functioning while the brain may have perished. They're calling the, the nanites cyborgs? Yeah, the, the people with nanobots in them. Okay. okay cyborgs, okay. not yeah. zombies. According to these studies, within a decade, they'll have nanobots that can crawl inside your brain, set up neural connections to replace damaged ones. The nanobots will basically be able to rewire your thoughts. And what could possibly go wrong with it's that? It's basically yeah. the Borg from Star yeah. Trek. Right. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who are kind of like science zombies. So that's the most likely scientific explanation of how we could create a zombie apocalypse. Although the kind of the flip side of that is those people wouldn't necessarily be programmed to eat other people. It would just create, be able to scientifically create a zombie. Right. But again, as we've seen in Haitian culture, you know, the zombies don't necessarily eat other people. They go to cockfights. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they do. <laughs> That's what I'd do if I had nanites in my brain. <laughs> so if you have nanites in your house, get rid of them right now. Yeah, get out you the vacuum cleaner. Don't need them. Uh, the second uh, scientific explanation would be neurogenesis. Neurogenesis. What is that? They're already able to regrow the brains of comatose head trauma patients until they wake up and walk around again. Really? Couple that with the new ability to keep a dead body in a state of suspended animation so that it can be brought back to life later. And soon we'll be bringing back the dead. All right. mm. We can regrow brains? Hmm. Evidently, we can I, regrow brain tissue. I mean, I know that they were looking at, I think it was hummingbirds, because I think they can regrow their brains, and they were hoping, but I didn't hear that we were able to. But okay. As Citation my, needed, perhaps. As per my yeah. hummingbird brain-smashing <laughs> hobby, I, gotta, yeah. I can, in <laughs> fact, tell you that's right. <laughs> that they do grow back. The uh, number three is that uh, a rage virus really exists, and this is mm-hmm. mad cow disease. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That totally. The... Uh, it's uh, which is the scientific name for is Kreutzfeldt Jakob disease. We discussed about that in the cannibalism episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the symptoms are changes in gait, hallucinations, lack of coordination, right. muscle twitching, myoclonic jerks and seizures, and rapidly developing delirium and dementia. And addicted addiction to rageahol. And twenty eight days later, it was monkeys. Always with yes. the monkeys and all the towns. Well, they're experimenting monkeys. with that drug on the monkeys, yeah. and then mm-hmm. those monkeys got free. But yeah. The disease that spreads, that's the one that bugs me. Especially, we, you know, we've had Dr. Jen on, and we're talking about all these, these uh, antibiotic-resistant, uh, drug-resistant strains of diseases coming up. If one of them happens to be spread by zombie-like means, all of a sudden we're going to have a zombie infestation. Uh, neurotoxins, this, this is basically the, uh, the Haiti thing that we talked about a little while ago. Whether that formula actually works or not, right. you know, kind of people seem you know, divided on the issue. It's drug-induced. And uh, the fifth, brain parasites. Toxoplasmosa gondii Mm -hmm. infect rats but can only breed inside the intestines of a cat. The parasite knows it needs to get the rat inside the cat. So the parasite takes over the rat's brain and intentionally makes it scurry towards cats. The rat is programmed to get itself Hmm. eaten and doesn't even know. Hmm. So the fact that this exists in rats, you know, maybe there's a point in time where it can transition to humans. Yeah. Well, it, it exists in other forms of animals as well. So often we, you know, we think of zombies, we think right away of humans, but actually in the animal kingdom, there are different types of zombification. And you said there was a, a, para, a parasite. Um, they found in Brazil that there is a certain fungus that attaches itself to ants. Cordyceps. Mm-hmm. The cordyceps fungus. Absolutely. We know about this because uh, you, we had a Parasites episode. and Way back in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. season one. You yeah. talked about the zombie ants? Yes. Yeah, was that like the second yeah. episode? Yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah. We're going way, way back. Way, way back. Oh, wow. 
the fungus, what it does is it attaches itself to the brain of the ant and it takes over the body of uh, of the ant until it reaches a point where it can release its spores mm-hmm. and then it leaves the ant and leaves the ant dead. But it does take over yeah, the control. mental faculties. Yeah. Mind-controlling yeah. fungus. Mm-hmm. And it is definitely an infectious organism. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, is there is there enough of that tenactin that fights foot fungus? Mm. I think maybe it'll work. That's mm. why zombification is going to fail. Yeah, like we'll be like, oh, it's a fungus. Oh, there you go. Take <laughs> Tough this. actin tenactin. So all of these ones we've talked about mm-hmm. again are not have nothing to do with supernatural or That's right. or no. the undead. Correct. Mm-hmm. And while I was doing my research, uh, one of the criteria for zombification in some of the podcasts I was listening to is just the fact that the people who are infected have lost something, lost their humanity, right. lost, you know, whether it's Reason, their soul memories. or it's their memory or it's their mm-hmm. the sense of self. Yeah, whatever. they're kind of just a shell of what they used to yeah. be. Right. Right? So, so that's kind of that thread in all the different types of zombification seems to be, for the most part, the common thread. Right. If, if you still kind of know who you are and can interact normally, even if you crave the flesh of the living, that's just, that's not zombification, right? Yeah, that's cannibalism. Uh, the seven scientific reasons a zombie apocalypse would fail, according to Crack.com. Mm-hmm. Number seven, too many natural predators. They posit the theory that, you know, wolves and bears and dogs and eagles would all of a sudden find this readily available food source and start mawing on slow shambling zombies. Yeah, but then that brings up the question is, does this zombie infection only affect humans or does it affect all mammals? Does it affect birds oh, as man, well? zombie bears. Mm-hmm. Could Oof. the entire mm-hmm. ecosystem become as infected by whatever zombification process? Is I guess involved? that that would be a possible danger if, if like, if they eat a zombie, then they become zombified themselves. Exactly. Oh. Unless uh, Lucio Fulci lied to me in the movie, zombie sharks will go after the zombies. There yeah, actually, yeah. they'll take care of them. We'll talk about that in pop culture because okay. that's one of the greatest <laughs> zombie scenes of all time. Mankind's lifelong ally, the shark. <laughs> Uh, number six, they posit the theory that as zombies are dead or dying, the putrefying flesh couldn't take the heat. Okay. That they would uh, decay way faster in hotter climes. So all we'd have to do is to like go to deserts and tropical places, and then they would pr- pretty much fall apart naturally. Just, yeah, just to outweight them. Yeah. Well, it's ironic because we always assume it's the cold that would finish off the zombies. Well, that's number five. Number five on their list is they can't take the cold. So they only like temperate climates. That's right. They would, <laughs> the Vancouver. zombie can be found in temperate climates. <laughs> number four is biting is a terrible way to spread disease. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a bad it's one. A, it's Especially a really, when you move slowly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a really awful vector, right? Like, well, the other thing about spreading zombification is that uh, if zombies, as we've learned from many zombie films, crave eating brains, mm-hmm. and you can only kill a zombie by destroying its brain, mm-hmm. then how would we get more zombies after the initial Brain-eating. group of zombies mm-hmm. starts eating everyone's brain? You make a solid case there, Torn. They're, they're killing mm-hmm. their own kind mm-hmm. or the potential of having more. Right. Zombie cannibals? What? <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> Holy. I am totally TMing true. zombie cannibal, by the way. TM. Number three reason the zombie apocalypse would fail, they don't heal. So any damage that is mm. done becomes cumulative until they just get to the point where they can't shamble any longer. Right. Right. Uh, the number two reason a zombie apocalypse would fail, the landscape is full of zombie-proof barriers, like mountains, cliffs, cliffs, building structures that you can like pull ladders up and stairs up. Yeah, just the list goes on and on and Do on. Do corpses float generally? 
Yes, yeah, mostly. They, yeah. yeah, they fill up with gases and it makes the body. So rise. they could, yeah. in theory, swim across moats or, or in theory, or even if they don't float, they could walk along the bottom and come up the other side. Yeah, this is this is why you freeze that moat. Yeah. And right. make them slip on the ice. And the number one reason, according to Crack.com, that a zombie apocalypse would fail, weapons and the people who use them. Yep. Mm. All right. <laughs> Just mm. the, the three guns for every human being in America would pretty much spell a pretty quick end to a yeah, zombie But what's apocalypse. their aim like? That is yeah. the real question. <laughs> except for the fact that zombies themselves don't really seem to exhibit, except in very extremely rare cases, the ability to use guns themselves. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't really be a firefight. I mean, they could be eight feet away from you and still not be in biting range there might be some weird neo matrix zombie out there who could dodge bullets Ooh. yeah you know? well uh, we can talk about that in pop culture <laughs> but i think also if i've learned anything from uh many zombie movies and also doomsday preppers i think that the biggest danger to you or me in a zombie apocalypse is the other non-zombies out there who've gone mm-hmm. fucking off their nut <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you want to talk all about all bets are off and then they just start shooting each other because Yeah, to think that there's people just waiting for this moment to happen is extremely scary. Yeah. Tune in next week for the exciting conclusion to this episode of Caustic Soda. 